This is the Ball Talk Podcast, presented by Nachos and Analysis. What's going on, Tiger fans? Today is Thursday, March 2nd, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Ball Talk Podcast, presented by Nachos and Analysis. I'm your host, Drew Archer, and let's talk some ball. Well, after a week, or after a podcast that I began the episode cracking a beer in celebration last week after the baseball team started 4-0 in the Eric Backich era, um, the softball team was undefeated. There's no beer to crack here today. Um, not the ideal week, especially for Clemson baseball. The softball team drops their first game uh, to Tennessee. But since we've last spoke, the baseball team is on a, a four-game losing streak. So um, not the week that we wanted on the baseball diamond. But we're going to get into all that. we got some guests for today's show. Um, we have former Clemson head coach and current associate head coach with the South Carolina Gamecocks, Monty Lee, joining the show as well as Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show. Uh, Many Clemson fans will know that name. Uh, He's not very popular amongst the Clemson fan base, but we appreciate both of these guys uh, hopping on with me uh, to preview this South Carolina uh, series, uh, the biggest rivalry in college baseball. But let's look at some highlights from this week, uh, or lowlights, depending on how you look at it. So the softball team, as we mentioned, dropped. It's first game of the season to Tennessee in somewhat of a controversial fashion. Uh, We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But despite dropping their first game of the season, the Tigers move in two separate polls to fourth nationally, the highest ranking in the young program's history. As I'm recording this, uh, there's a doubleheader scheduled today for softball. I'm recording on March the 1st for this episode to release the 2nd. Uh, so I actually just hit record at 3.02, which means the softball team uh, is about to start, which I got notifications set up on my phone here. So if you catch me looking at it, I'm getting updates from the softball game with Gardner-Webb. So that's going on as I'm recording. Then, as we mentioned, UCF comes into Doug Kingsmore Stadium and sweeps the Tigers. After starting 4-0, in Coach Backich's first games, first four games, uh, the Tigers dropped four consecutively. Uh, there's a couple things that kind of garnered a lot of attention on social media after this. Uh, one, one of which was a, a video uh, put out by UCF. I don't think it was UCF uh, official account, but one of the players, I believe it was Plumley, the center fielder who used to be the Uh, quarterback at Ole Miss, but if you have not seen it, after Sunday's uh, victory against the Tigers, and still in full uniform, the UCF team runs down the hill in Death Valley and does their home run celebration when they get to the bottom. Um, Me personally, I I don't mind it. Um, They were having fun. They earned it on the field. They whooped the Tigers. Um, But 
there was a lot of backlash. Uh, there was an article going around, uh, I believe, by Zach Lentz, or excuse me, Zach Lentz shared it. I'm not sure who wrote it, but basically saying that UCF owes Clemson an apology. I don't think that UCF owes Clemson anything. Um, Clemson got whooped. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I don't know. If you if you want to quiet them down, you got to beat them. And that kind of leads into our next topic here. Coach Backich was not, not all that happy with uh, the UCF program, how they conducted themselves in Doug Kingsmore Stadium this past week. He had this to say Sunday after the game. It sucks right now and leaves a very bitter taste in our mouth especially with a team that's very mouthy in the way that they celebrate on our own field. My response to that, and I have nothing but respect for Coach Backich, I think he's the right man for the job. However, if you, wanna, if you want them to not be mouthy, it's up to, to your team to shut them up. Um, so the Tigers did not do that, did not get it done, and the bleeding did not stop because on Tuesday uh, the Tigers traveled to Greenville, to play USC Upstate at Floor Field and lost to the Spartans, uh, I believe, for the second time in three years. So um, not the week that you want heading into this rivalry series. What optimism and hope that you had um, after opening weekend, starting 4-0, and you got a lot more question marks now. And unfortunately, this South Carolina team is really hot right now, and that's not the way you want to head into this series. But we will get more into that shortly, and we'll get into it with our guests, Coach Lee and Chris Phillips as well. But first, let's talk some softball. All right, so as I mentioned, as I'm recording this, everything I'm saying it's kind of null and void when it comes to the record. As you notice up here in the top of the screen, I have softball's record, but they are currently starting as I'm recording the first game of a doubleheader with Gardner-Webb uh, in McWhorter Stadium. So by the time this airs, there will be two more uh, games added to that record. Hopefully they're in the win column. Uh, but the uh, the softball team, with a 15-1 record, their only loss coming to number nine, Tennessee. Uh, they lost that game one to nothing. Uh, we'll talk about that game here in a minute. But the weekend last weekend started off at the USF uh, softball tournament, and they face USF on Thursday as this episode or last week's episode was dropping. The Tigers won that game six to nothing. Uh, Redshirt juniors Valerie Cagle and Aaliyah Logaleo each hit home runs. Uh, Millie Thompson threw her first solo shutout of the season. Uh, Thompson faced 24 batters, allowed only three hits, and struck out six batters without giving up a walk. Uh, she improved to 4-0 on the season. Then Friday, the Tigers faced uh, Illinois of Chicago. Uh, they won that game 9-2. Uh, Clemson tallied a program record with seven stolen bases in this game. The seven stolen bases uh, surpassed a previous mark of six set against Winthrop in 2021. Mackenzie Clark tied the program record with three individual stolen bases, while Ali uh, McLesh, 
sorry if I mispronounced that, Nicholas had two, and Maddie Moore and Julia Bumhart each stole one. So um, you got to like the base running. Stealing seven bases in softball has got to be insanely hard just with the 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 size of the field uh and being able for a catcher being able to get the ball out there to second um they obviously knew something or saw something in that catcher that they know that they could uh um put that to the test then saturday they faced michigan state uh the first game of a double header um this is where I was listening to this game on the radio as I was traveling back to Clemson from Greenville. Um, and as that game was, it was a little bit of a slow start for the Tigers. And that's when I, I'd never really considered the fact that they're getting their toughest competition, Tennessee, immediately following that game in a doubleheader, both games starting before noon after playing uh, a night game the day before. So this team was probably a little bit fatigued. Uh, they were able to... Uh, pull out a victory against uh, Michigan State four to one. Brooke McCubbin got her uh, got the start in the circle. The sophomore pitched her first complete game of the season with eight strikeouts, uh, while only allowing four hits and giving up one walk. She finished the game retiring the final fourteen batters, uh, dating back to the third inning, and she improved to two and zero on the season. And as I mentioned, the Tigers turned around and immediately faced. Uh, number nine, Tennessee. Um, the story of this game, which I didn't get a chance to watch it because I was out at, at Doug Kingsmore Stadium, but my brother was texting me about it. And um, this game came down to a controversial call. It was a pitcher's duel, uh, but with two outs, uh, the Tiger, Tennessee's runner came home on a close play at first that resulted in the batter being ruled safe. Um, there was a lot of questions whether that batter made it to to first in time, uh, but the umpires ultimately ruled them safe, which allowed that run with two outs uh, to score. So Tennessee winning that game, edging the Tigers out one to nothing. And then on Sunday, the Tigers wrapped up uh, the tournament. They faced Michigan State again in back-to-back days at 9 a.m. This one was a five-inning run rule game. The Tigers won it eight to nothing. Uh, Millie Thompson pitched her third complete game of the season and her second solo shutout to improve to 5-0 on the year. Uh, the junior who only faced 17 batters in her five innings of work, struck out six and only allowed two hits, all while not giving up a single walk. So a big weekend uh, for the softball team, suffering its first loss, but I don't think that, um, I don't think you got to worry about this team. I think like we've touched on the last few episodes, this might be the strongest team we've seen so far with Coach Rittman. Um, so nothing to be worried about here. Some highlights from the weekend. Um, they're ranked fourth in two polls, highest in the program's history. Uh, they were on a 14-game winning streak till they faced Tennessee. That was the third longest uh, in program history. That streak comes to an end. Who they have next? This weekend... They're facing Syracuse. Syracuse comes to McWhorter Stadium. Uh, the Orange are 6-6 six and six currently on the season. Uh, games are Friday at 4 p.m., Saturday at 1 p.m., and Sunday at noon. Um, you hope you can get this Friday game in. Same with, with Friday's matchup against the Gamecocks over at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. 
weather as of now on Wednesday not looking great. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Syracuse, um, they went one and three in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Uh, if you remember the week prior, Clemson went four and zero in that. Uh, they lost two games to Purdue and split two games with Iowa. And then their midweek game next week will be against Mercer at McWhorter Stadium at six p.m. So, softball team continues to roll. Uh, they bounce back after this first season's loss uh, and beat Michigan State and um, got doubleheader right now with with uh, Gardner Webb. So, our Twitter poll of the week reminder: the only way to vote in this is if you actually follow us on Twitter. So, uh, if you do not follow Nachos and Analysis on Twitter, give us a follow. Uh, we post this each week, Monday or Tuesday, to discuss. Um, the more commentary, the better. So if you have an opinion, comment on it. We hit some, uh, some comments last week. We're going to hit some today, but this week's poll of the week is what do you think the outcome will be this weekend against South Carolina in the rivalry series? Um, we touched on the, the fact that the Tigers are currently on a four game losing streak, um, this, the South Carolina team's hot right now, and that's not the momentum that you want to have heading into this series. Uh, the options in the Twitter poll were Clemson sweeps the Gamecocks, Clemson wins the series two to one, South Carolina wins the series two to one, or South Carolina sweeps the series. So four options there. Let's take a look at some of the Twitter comments. Uh, Cody Smith checks in and says, was thinking uh, we take one of three, but now we're probably getting swept. Um, Jared Allen, a little critical here of Jack Leggett, tagging him in the post. I hope Jack Leggett weighs in. He will consult the future. Uh, Justin Justin says Clemson will be lucky to get one. A Clemson fan responds, reality is one of the middle two, uh, but each fan wants each fan base wants uh, the, the, the first and last, that would be the sweeps. And then, uh, Will Schaub gets in and says, this question is a lot harder to answer after these past four games, but baseball is a tricky game. If we thought UCF was mouthy, then South Carolina will easily surpass them. Hoping for the best hashtag go Clemson. Um, so a lot of fans getting in actually had, uh, uh, one other, let's see where that go. Um, Daniel Hooper gets in. Can I change my answer? So, uh, he evidently posted or voted for one. And, uh, after USC upstate's loss, uh, he decided he wanted to change his answer there though. Um, so Clemson sweeps, Clemson wins two to one South Carolina wins two games to one or South Carolina sweeps. Um, the results were a little bit closer than I thought the winner or the, the, Selection that got the most uh, votes was South Carolina wins the series two games to one with 34% of the vote. Then you have some optimistic Clemson fans saying that Clemson will win two to one uh, for second place. Uh, With 24% of the vote, the fans voted that South Carolina sweeps the series. Um, And the really optimistic group, 13% think that Clemson will sweep South Carolina. Um, I don't see that happening. 
Um, maybe if this past weekend went a little bit differently, maybe, but this is a rivalry series. Uh, these teams take it very seriously. One team's got all the momentum. One does not. Uh, we'll talk with it a little bit with coach Lee here in a few minutes, but, um, momentum may or may not play a factor in this game. So, uh, that's this week's poll of the week. Again, follow us on Twitter. Uh, where you can have your voice heard each week when we discuss this poll. Before we get to baseball, I want to shout out our sponsor, Pump Monkey Septic Service. Really appreciative of Pump Monkey for sponsoring the Ball Talk podcast. Couldn't couldn't think of a better sponsor uh, for this show. Pump Monkey Septic Service uh, is owned and operated by Clemson alumni who still live here in the upstate and service the upstate. So, Septic service. That's one of those things you never really think about till you need it. Make sure that you remember Pump Monkey when you need a septic tank service. Uh, they're very easy to get a hold of. You can reach them on Facebook and Instagram, as well as uh, phone via text or call. Their phone number is 864 710 2211. Again, 864 710 2211. When the dump's funky, call Pump Monkey. All right, Clemson baseball. As we've uh, reiterated so far, after starting 4-0, the Tigers drop four consecutively. They get swept by UCF and then lose to UC, or USC Upstate at Floor Field in Greenville on Tuesday. Uh, the way this UCF series shook out, they lose Friday's game, which transitioned into Saturday 4 to 2, uh lose Saturday 10 to 7, Sunday 13 to 6. Um Friday weather was an issue. Um you had two stoppages before ultimately postponing the ninth inning to Saturday before game 2. Um the debacle of managing this by the umpires there was was a head scratcher. They it, it rained for a, a good portion of that early game, and they make a decision to stop the game as the rain stops. Uh, I think the stoppage was somewhere around an hour. So almost the entire time that the game was stopped due to weather, they, they put the tarp out there, everything. It's not raining. They start back up, and so does the rain. So... Um, out there in the Cajun Cafe, we were huddled up against tents or under tents. Uh, spent a lot of idle time waiting and that kind of stuff. So, had they not that had they not stopped that game the first time, we would have been able to get it all in um, on Friday night. But they turned around and started it at one o'clock Saturday. Finished up the ninth inning. Um, they started that ninth inning with. Two runners on base, first and second, if I'm not mistaken, no outs, uh, a two to two tie game. And UCF handled business there. They scored a couple more insurance runs, and the Tigers were not able to get it done in the bottom half of the ninth inning to lose game one. Um, Saturday in game two, the story of that game was multiple four run innings, twice, not once. But twice, the Tigers gave up four runs in an inning Saturday, turned around Sunday to give up three in an inning, and then five in an inning. 
Uh, so where the Tigers were down and were able to battle back and tie or bring the game within uh, a close margin, each time UCF was able to put together a multiple run inning to pull ahead. Um, if we're talking pitching, it has not been terrible. It has not been terrible out of our weekend starters. Now, Ryan Ammons is the surefire guy. Both of his performances so far uh, have been pretty solid, and I think you're going to continue to see him there uh, in that Friday spot going forward. However, the other two guys, um, they weren't throwing bad. They were getting strikeouts. However, they were they were putting it on a platter for all of those batters. Fastballs right down the middle, just getting asked to get uh, hit out of the park. Um, it's it's what we knew heading into this season. The the pitching staff was probably going to be uh, the weakest unit on this team. Um, a week after stealing 21 bases, the Tigers were clearly scared of UCF's uh, catcher there. There were opportunities that they could have attempted a steal that they would have the week prior against Binghamton uh, that runner did not decide to. He that, that catcher, he had an arm on him, uh, and, this, and this Clemson team did not really want to test him. Um, the guy that was catching for Binghamton the prior week, he couldn't hardly make it to second base without, without skipping it. So um, what you thought was a, a big stat that was going to be a big part of the game, which it still definitely can be, uh, but when you face a, a, a better team, you're going to see less of those stolen bases. So, um, and then, um, it did not, it did not take long for the Jack Leggett slander, uh, to start popping up after a weekend sweep and a loss to USC upstate in, in Greenville, uh, all over Twitter, all over the message boards and conversations I've had with various folks. Um, people are attributing this to Jack Leggett. Uh, I guess they think that he's whispering in Bakich's ears and trying to control things from behind the scenes and that kind of stuff. Um, I find it kind of amusing and comical. Um, I've made some comments before with some folks. I'm happy that Coach Leggett is back. Um, I'm interested to see how it goes. Is, it a, is this a little experiment that could go poorly? I don't know. Uh, you know, after after his firing... Uh, seven years ago, he was pretty upset. He held a grudge with the university. He he never really seemed to heal or move on from that and has had some pretty strong opinions. So I, I don't know. But I the, to put some of this on Jack Leggett, to, to throw his name out there that this is part of the problem, um, I, I think that's a little premature there. But fans are talking. Um, if I'd love to hear your thoughts, we, we reference, follow us on Twitter, hit us up. Uh, what is your, what are your thoughts on this Jack Leggett situation? Is he, is him being in the dugout an issue, uh, before Saturday's game or Sunday's game, he was out giving a, a tour of, of Doug Kingsmore stadium with a little league team out there. Uh, so he's definitely back. He's definitely involved and, and some fans don't seem to be all too happy about it. Um, and then one other thing on this weekend, uh, the Cajun Cafe, they uh, at least once or twice a weekend usually try to send some food 
uh, to the coaches, to the umpires, to the TV crew that's covering the game. And when it came time to deliver food Sunday after the final nail in the coffin, I was like, pick me, pick me. Raise, I raised my hand. I was like, can I please take this food to the dugout? Because I just wanted to get a I wanted to get a sense of uh, what it was like down there uh, following the, the third consecutive loss, uh, getting swept by UCF. And when I tell you that it was the most awkward and uncomfortable I've ever felt, that is not an exaggeration. Um, we walked through the dugout. Players were picking up things and organizing and it was dead silent. You could hear a pin drop. Nobody was making eye contact with anybody. Everybody staring at the ground. Uh, Coach Leggett was over off to the side, jotting something down on a piece of paper. Uh, and then Coach Backett's just kind of standing uh, at the front of the dugout with his hands on his hips, just kind of like staring off into the distance. And uh, it was it was awkward. Um I volunteered. I was excited because I did want to get a vibe and a sense of what it was like down there uh, post-loss. And uh, I, <laughs> I almost regretted it. It was uh, very uncomfortable. We dropped the food off and did not hang around. We dipped out of there really quick. So um, if you wonder how this team, how this coaching staff took that, they did not take that loss lightly. Um, they were very upset. So um it's also one of those situations that we had to wait before we could take the food down there because they were huddled up in the dugout uh, for quite a while. And usually when those dugout meetings go on for five, ten minutes, it's usually after a loss and it's usually not pretty. Uh, so um, I don't know what I was expecting, but I definitely felt uncomfortable in that, in that scenario there. Um, but um, after that, Tigers, as we said, lose to USC Upstate at Floor Field. Uh, Brad Owens was on the broadcast with uh, Bush on the radio, uh, and he reiterated that trying to get a game at Floor Field prior to the South Carolina series is always something they do to try to just get the players familiar with the ballpark and, and that sort of thing. So the, it's a very intentional thing they do. So they're going to play two games there in five days. Hopefully, though, this Saturday against South Carolina is a little bit different outcome than the one we saw on Tuesday. Um, and as I mentioned, the South Carolina series here. Uh, the Tigers host South Carolina at 6 p.m. on Friday, weather pending. Um, I, I really want to get this game in. I do not want to have another scenario where we were, uh, I guess it was two years ago, the Friday home game against Carolina got rained out and was played later in the year. Um, but Friday in Clemson, Saturday at Floor Field in Greenville at 1 o'clock, and then they travel to Columbia to Founders Park to face the Gamecocks at 1.30 there. So um, you got a tough team coming into Clemson Friday night. They are off a midweek win. Um, against, I believe it's North Carolina A&T. They're currently 9-0 and uh, heading into this series while Clemson just 4-4. Four and four. Um, After the South Carolina series, the Tigers host East Tennessee State at 4 p.m. on Tuesday and Presbyterian at 4 p.m. on Wednesday. So a um, two-midweek game 
week here for the Tigers. Um, so Tigers got a lot of baseball to play here uh, in a very short amount of time. They have five games in six days. Um, you got to right the ship. You cannot keep losing because this could snowball and get really bad really quickly. You want to see the Tigers bounce back. And with it being a rivalry series, I think you're going to see a little extra juice out of Clemson. They're probably going to play better than they did against UCF. Uh, they're going to play up to their rival. They're going to play up to the competition. Um, you just don't want to see this uh, end in another sweep and end up on a seven-game losing streak. That would not be uh, the ideal way to start this season off. And I don't know what other fans' expectations are, but you got to keep them in check. This is year one of a new program, new coach. He's he's working with what Coach Lee left behind, and um, he's going to implement his system. I don't think that fans need to look too far or too hard into what we've seen so far. Just like you shouldn't uh, overreact like maybe I did last week after going 4-0, um, I'd say keep yourself in check with these, these current four losses. But nonetheless, this is a big rivalry series. The Gamecocks have beaten Clemson in basketball. They've beaten Clemson in football. Um, you don't want to get swept in the big three sports uh, by your rival. So big weekend coming up. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and transition to our guest. As I mentioned, Coach Monty Lee joins me. I had the opportunity to uh, interview him last night, just moments after their midweek game against North Carolina A&T. Uh, so appreciate his time there. And then immediately after that interview, is going to transition right into our interview with Chris Phillips of the Spurs Up Show. So without further ado, here's Monty Lee and Chris Phillips. Today we're joined by South Carolina Associate Head Coach Monty Lee. Thanks for joining the show, Coach. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. So just a few moments ago, uh, the Gamecocks wrapped up their midweek game with North Carolina A&T, uh, moved to 9-0. and Um what were the keys to tonight's uh, 11 to 3 win against A&T? Well, we got a great start. I mean, we got off to a great start. Uh, James Hicks uh, threw a couple of innings uh, in his start. Uh, Eli Jones backed him up through very, very well. And uh, I mean, going into the seventh inning, uh, we hadn't given up a hit. Uh, we scuffled a little bit in the seventh inning. Um, uh, A&T did a good job of, of hitting with runners on base and cut the lead from uh, four nothing to four to three. And our guys just responded. I mean, we just, we can't, we bounced back, responded with a five run inning and kind of blew it open late. Uh, but, you know, offensively, we just did a really nice job uh, of, of tacking on runs late in the game, continuing to put together quality at bats and, uh, you know, just had a, had a really nice night offensively. Didn't, not not necessarily early in the game, even though we scored a leadoff home run, uh, you know, scored uh, four runs through seven, I believe, and then kind of blew it open late. But uh, all in all, it was a good night for us. What does the momentum that this team has mean uh, for the Gamecocks heading into this big rivalry series this weekend? Well, you know, in the 
one of my one of my favorite quotes uh, of all time when it comes to baseball is momentum is today's starting pitcher. Um, and, and, and it really that that's really what it boils down to. You know, you can be, you know, really riding the hot hand as a team or struggling as a team. And it just takes one starting pitcher to come out and and, and put together a, a good game and a quality start for you you know, to get your team going back in the right direction. And and that's – so th- that's why I, I don't really – I don't put a whole lot of stock into teams who are playing really well or, or struggling just because I know in the game of baseball it just takes that one starter to come out and, and, and do a great job to, you know, to get your team going in the right direction again. And, and I think that's certainly going to be the case, uh, you know, for both clubs coming into the weekend. Uh you know, our, our starting rotation has been very, very good with Sanders, Hall, uh, and Mahoney. And, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm fairly familiar uh, with the Clemson Tigers and, and, and what they're doing on the mound, too. And, you know, Ryan Ammons is a Bulldog competitor. He's, uh, and he's, he's very, very good. He's going to give them a chance every time he toes the rubber. Absolutely. Tiger fans have loved what they've seen out of Ammons so far. And you kind of touched on my next question about pitching, but uh, the bats have been really hot, uh, hot to start the season as well. Uh, who in this lineup is going to give uh, the Clemson pitchers some problems this weekend? Well, we have a, a pretty a pretty balanced uh, lineup uh, when it comes to uh, you know the guys that we that we have in there. Um, oh, you know Braylon Wimmer. Um, you know our shortstop is is a is a really good offensive player. Um, he's been doing a great job for us. We've got a veteran at second base and Will McGillis who's having a good year. Caleb Denny and left uh, swinging the bat really well. Gavin Costas, our first baseman, has some power. You know, he's a power threat. Cole Messina has been hitting in the four holes, been catching, playing some first base for us. He's been swinging the bat really, really well. So, um, you know, we, we've, we've got a number of guys uh, who, uh, you know, who just, who just do a good job for us. You know, Talmadge LaCroix has been playing third and catching some for us. Um, so, um, you know, yeah, Petri, you know, Ethan Petri was, you know, by one publication, I think the, the player of the week in all of college baseball last week. He's a freshman playing right field. He's been on fire here lately. So, um, you know, for us, it's really, you know, kind of a nine versus one mentality. It's not necessarily like one guy. Um, it's, it's really, you know, a number of right now it's, it's seven to eight guys in that lineup who are, who are doing good things, swinging the bat well, taking our walks, getting on base just putting together, uh, you know, quality at bats and, and, and just doing a really good job. After uh, stints at College of Charleston and, and at Clemson, you returned to the dugout there in Columbia. Uh, what do you remember most about your time as an assistant previously there in this rivalry series? You, you had some good Gamecock teams back then when you were previously on the staff. Well, we just, you know, just again, I think it's <clears throat> it's just such an honor um, and, and it always has been. I mean, my time at, at South Carolina as an assistant and and now that I'm back, uh, you know, it's been uh, a lot has happened in between uh, my two stints as an assistant here at South Carolina. But, um, you know, and, and even as a head coach at Clemson, it's just always been just special, uh, just special memories of being a part of the greatest rivalry in college baseball, uh, just to be in the dugout and and having that unique experience of, of have, having been in both dugouts on, on both sides of it, it's been, it's just been an honor, you know, for me personally. Uh, so I just, uh, I've just always just had such a level of respect for the rivalry uh, because both of the programs have been so good. 
Um, and it means so much to the people of South Carolina. It means so much to the players. And I'm a South Carolina guy. I was born and raised in the state of South Carolina. So just being able to be a part of it uh, on both sides is very, very special uh, uh, to me. And, and I know it is to the players and to all the fans involved. Absolutely. And uh, one last question before I let you go, and you, and you kind of touched on it. You have the unique perspective of, of being on both sides of the rivalry. Um, you got three guys in, in the Gamecock dugout that that played for you at Clemson. I saw where I believe French got his first start behind the plate this season tonight. Um, and then you yeah. got some guys on the other side that you recruited and coached at Clemson. Um, what are you most looking forward to this weekend? Honestly, it's just about the players. I mean, it's just about the players. Uh, you know, it's just about, you know, the competition between, you know, two great programs. Uh, you know, the, the players know just how much the rivalry means to the state of South Carolina and the fan bases. And, you know, the the, the crowds are tremendous. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of fun as a player, uh, you know, to be able to play in such an intense environment uh, at all three ballparks, uh, you know, where it's, uh, you know, again, just uh, it just tons of energy in the ballpark and every pitch matters. And it's just a it's just a big, big deal uh, to the players. You know, for the coaches, it's pretty stressful. I'll be honest. I mean, it's uh, you know, you can definitely feel, you know, the intensity of the moment pitch by pitch. Uh, you know, it, Mark and I used to talk all the time and chat as well. You know, when I was at Clemson, I, I would talk to those guys all the time. And it's like. As much as I love, you know, the three games, uh, it's uh, Monday. Monday doesn't look so bad when it gets here. Just, you know, you just feel like you feel like you just, you know, you've you, you've been just, you know, hit by a freight train after just dealing with the level of stress. But uh, but it's what it's all about. And again, it's just just the level of respect for the opportunity to be a part of it. It's it's as good as it gets. And it's a lot of fun and just looking forward to the players. That's a special group of kids to me at, at Clemson. And there's a lot, a lot of those kids I coached and recruited. And, you know, one thing that's never going to change, I, I love every one of them. Um, and, and I always will. And I want them to have tremendous success. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm in the other dugout. That, that, that part uh, will, will probably be a little weird just because I do love those kids so much. But, you know, I love the kids that we have here at South Carolina. And they've really bought into, you know, what we're trying to get them to do and playing great baseball. So, uh, you know, but um, you know, just just looking forward to to uh, just a great a great weekend of two great programs just competing as hard as they can against each other. Well, Coach, I really appreciate your time and uh, appreciate how you've always been good to to us at Nachos and Analysis. You got a lifelong fan in me, and uh, uh, wish you success and uh, uh, hope for a competitive rivalry series this weekend. Well, thank you very much. I I really appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on, and look forward to seeing you this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks, Coach. All right. Today, we are joined by host of the Spurs Up show, Chris Phillips. Thanks for joining the show today, Chris. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you having me on. Really excited. The best rivalry in college baseball. Drew, it returns this weekend with the three games set. You know, obviously Friday at Clemson, Saturday in Greenville, and then Sunday at Founders, man. I'm looking forward to it. And this is, uh, you know, I tell people all the time, obviously, I love covering college baseball. I love talking Gamecocks baseball and this rivalry, special place for me in my heart. Grew up watching it, obviously, as I'm sure you did as well. But uh, it's kind of like my Super Bowl of uh, of the baseball season, and I get into it just as much as football. You know, it's I forward to a fun weekend. Looking forward to a great conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. So I never thought I would say this, but 
this weekend I will be wearing a, a Spurs Up Show branded shirt uh, to one of the games. Uh, I appreciate you hooking me up. I, uh, I don't even know if I told you the backstory, but Matthew, my co-host on the college football show, and I had a season-long bet that, with a pick'em contest and came down to the final week, and uh, TCU let me down. Uh, they did not cover the spread, and so this uh, this weekend I'll be wearing a. You said it was a Clem Sucks shirt you're giving me. Yeah, I think I think we got to roll with the Clem Sucks shirt, man. I think that one. Uh, I think that one gets the point across. I think that's probably. There's some other ones we could have done, but you know what? That I think that one probably sting the most. So hey, I, I want to jump in. Obviously, I want to help where I can. So, uh, damn Max Duggan and TCU, man, that's a shame. <laughs> Horned so you, frogs. Yeah. You mentioned it kind of there in the little intro. This, like you, this is my favorite week of the year. Uh, I talked to to Coach Lee last night right after y'all's midweek game, and um, he talked about the even just the toll that it takes on the coaches. Sometimes they look forward to to Monday after this weekend series because of how much of a gauntlet it is. Uh, what a heading into this this season or this series. What's what's your impression of Clemson and, and Coach Backett so far? Well, first things first, my friend, let me say congratulations. You guys getting Coach Monty Lee on the show, that's a big get. And obviously, we we both, both sides, it's kind of interesting, love Coach Lee. And I know so many guys that, uh, you know, when I was playing high school ball that were recruited by him, and I know guys that played for him at CFC. And no matter what side he's on, I mean, it's just everybody's got great things to say about him. And uh, that's one of the reasons I was so happy, you know, that he came back to Columbia. But, uh, you know, I thought the backage hire was a great hire. And, and I know this year, you know, listen, I think it's year – coach especially in baseball he has none of his none of his own players right the I know he brought a couple of guys Willie Weiss being one that the talented reliever over from Michigan he brought some guys with him but you know I don't, I don't know that uh you guys are going to be judging him too hard in his first year but I thought the backage hire was a great hire and obviously admittedly I mean it's it's well documented I was uh I was ready to move on and hire the next coach at South Carolina after the way that last season went, I thought Backage was a great name. I mean, I would have taken Backage at South Carolina, what he did at Michigan. I mean, you think about a Big Ten school, you come down south, and, you know, whether it be Clemson, whether it be South Carolina, the resources you have at those two schools with the great history and tradition. I mean, Clemson's basically got all the history and tradition the Gamecocks do without the national championships. I mean, that's really the only difference between the two. So uh, I think Backage is a great hire. I, I Listen, I, I think Clemson, you know, you think of, and I know, you know, we're arch rivals and, you know, we hate each other, but – you know, I will say I have a respect for Clemson on the diamond, unlike the other sports. And, and I don't say that to like start a start a fuss or an argument, but I just, you know, the reason it's the greatest rivalry in college baseball is because again, growing up, it was like every year it was top 10 teams. Like every year it was the best of the best. And again, there was kind of this mutual respect, if you will. You knew both teams would be in the postseason. There was a good chance they might see each other. I mean, you think about the history in Omaha in 2002 and 2010 and playing in the regionals in 2012. And so it's, or, you know, it's a, it's a, the supers, I should say. Which is a great coach, you know, everything I've heard about him. I, I can't say like I know everything about the guy, but, uh, He's getting tested early, right? <laughs> you know, I think uh, – I don't know how much attention baseball at Michigan gets, you know, but, uh, you know, because I'm not sure if ever he was in a non-conference series like, you know, Clemson-UCF. Did it ever move the needle to where his comments after a series – who who would have ever imagined, right, that people are just – you know, he says what he says about the mouthy Golden Knights and, and the video happening with the – running down the hill but again it's just his first season I'm sure he could have never imagined that eight games in they'd be in this kind of position with sort of the kind of madness that's taking place 
place early on. So I like Backage as a whole. I think I'll have a lot of success, but I think Tiger fans obviously have got to be patient with him because especially this year, this roster, you know, what he inherited, it's, it's, it's a roster that has some capable pieces, but I think definitely lacks that star power that, that Clemson so desperately needs, especially I feel like in, in the pitching staff and the starting rotation. Yeah. I think most fans have some realistic expectations in, in year one. You just have the, the loud minority on Twitter that are losing their minds already eight games into the season. But um, I will, I will say they're not to cut you off. You're, you know, to your point though, I, I think of it almost as South Carolina and are the expectations at Clemson as high as they are at South Carolina for baseball? I think they're pretty high. I mean, I think they're pretty high. So it's, it's hard to watch your team not be good in a sport you feel like it should be good. Like, for example, if South Carolina were to hire back itch and went through the same thing, I mean, my expectations for year one would have been make the postseason. Like, we're still South Carolina. Like, I don't give a damn who the head coach is or what the situation is, but it's just, you know, it's so tough. So, I mean, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I'm sure it's a, it's a pressure unlike he's ever experienced. Because at Michigan, I mean, are there expectations for baseball? Do they care? It was just kind of a nice surprise. Now, Backage has got real expectations, but he's also got experience at Clemson, so I'm sure that helps as well. Yeah, expectations are high. I think a lot of people heading into this season were expecting postseason, and I mean, obviously it's, it's an early season. We still still got a lot of baseball left to play, and that's still possible, but um, not the momentum that uh, Clemson wanted to head into this rivalry series with. Um, what can Clemson fans expect out of the Gamecocks? What can we expect to see this weekend? Well, I think first you're starting the bump. Uh, you're going to see three elite arms in the starting rotation. Will Sanders, uh, obviously the big name, the headliner of the rotation that will pitch on Friday night at Doug's Kingsmore. I mean, I know Tiger fans are familiar with him from last year, but a guy that's projected to be a first-rounder, I mean, the velocity is going to sit mid-90s to high-90s. Um, I mean, he's elite across the board. H hasn't been quite the dominant Will Sanders that we've seen before early in the season, but did not pitch the entire entire fall as they wanted to save his arm. So, I mean, you're going to see elite starting pitching, all three guys, Sanders, Noah Hall, and Jack Mahoney. All three are a little bit different, but, I mean, it's all high-velocity, electric-breaking stuff. You know, Noah Hall's got the plus changeup, which I think could be the best pitch on the Gamecocks pitching staff as a whole. Like, it's that good. Uh, all three guys are immense competitors, and then you look at the bullpen as well. I mean, pitching's the name of the game with South Carolina. They enter the series, the 1.88 stat. FERA, of course, Kate Austin, Matthew Becker, some of the uh, some of the guys you're going to see come out of the pen first. If you will, Chris Veach, who has emerged as your closer, and then in the lineup, you know, I, I think the impact of Monty Lee, uh, Drew, I think it's been felt early on. I think the approaches you can tell, and I'm not exactly sure where this offense, what they're going to look like when the dust settles, right? Because when you get an SEC play, right, you get in the conference play, it separates the men from the boys. So we'll see where they finish up. But you can already tell early on in the season, you know, they went out in the portal, added a bunch of different guys from the transfer portal, veteran hitters like a like a Will McGillis from Southern Miss, a really good program. Caleb Denny from Oral Roberts, Gavin Cassis from Vanderbilt, Ethan Petrie's a true freshman that's hitting uh, damn near 500 for you, one of the best hitters on your roster. So, But the approach is so much different than last year and years prior. It was just like this feast or famine, home run or nothing type approach. And it just felt like, it felt like, Drew, over the last couple of years, it like scoring runs was like pulling teeth. You know what I mean? Like, it's really did. This year, it's much more they're finding ways to get on base. The walks are up. The hit by pitches. I mean, it's a crazy stat how often uh, they're getting hit by pitches. And you're seeing more productivity as well. 
Uh, you know, this past weekend against Penn, the competition uh, it was elevated, if you will, and you had to win a couple one-run ball games, one nothing and six to five, and you had to come back on Sunday to win. But I think what 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 Clemson fans can expect to see is also just a really great off resilient team, a team that plays like a team, if that makes sense. So um, I mean, I think it's going to be a great week and a great series. I think there's a lot of reasons for Gamecock fans to be optimistic about this season and what the season holds. But like you mentioned, you know, it's so early on, and I think back to last year when Clemson started what fourteen and zero. And they weren't very good, right? Like the season ended up playing out. They weren't very good. So, you know, I, I'm optimistic. I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I think the biggest reason for optimism for South Carolina is the pitching. If you got elite pitching like they've got, I mean, they've got an Omaha caliber pitching staff, like truly. Um, it, and and you, they've got a pitching staff that you come into every single weekend, like expecting to win two of three at minimum, right? That's how good, you know, I said it going into Penn last weekend. Even if the bats are down a little bit, you, you, your, your arms are so good at what you can roll out there you know, you're going to be able to hang in there at minimum and beat pretty much everybody on your schedule. So, yeah, I would say to Clemson fans, expect elite pitching. It's it's going to be tough to scratch out runs, knock on wood from the Gamecock side. I think a dangerous offense, a much more veteran offense than what you saw last year, just a, a gritty ball club that, uh, you know, I, I think will have a good season, but only time will tell. Yeah, the the pitching staff is strength there at South Carolina. Unfortunately, at Clemson, uh, probably our most weakest point there. Um, uh, when speaking with Coach Lee last night, I asked him about momentum. Uh, the Gamecocks undefeated head, heading into this rivalry series. Clemson on a four-game losing streak. He seems to think, and I tend to agree with him in baseball, that momentum really doesn't matter all that much. What do you think about the momentum Carolina's bringing into this series? Well, I think momentum can turn so quickly. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, I think momentum's a real thing. I mean, for sure. And I, I think you can replace the word momentum with confidence, right? When, when you get on a roll and, uh, you know, th there, there's value in like the opening weekend. There's value in winning games 20 to three. There's value in winning games like that and bashing it all over the yard and hitting a bunch of homers and setting records, scoring 49 runs in a weekend. There's also value in winning the way you did against Penn, who I think was a really quality club. And you, you swept a team that, uh, was in the you know mid 40s last year in RPI and and was a game or two away from from making the regionals right only only one team in the Ivy League gets a bid um, they've got guys that are going to Vatech and Duke and a couple of different ACC schools transferring from there they got a guy Wyatt Hensler that was a third team All American last year in D1 baseball picking to be the the preseason player of the year in the Ivy League they picked. Owen Cody, the Friday night guy at Penn, to be the, the preseason pitcher of the year. So not a bunch of slouches at Penn, right? I mean, I would kind of equate them to what you just saw in UCF, um, you know, if not maybe a little bit better. So, you know, but there's value in winning games like that one to nothing, six to five, you know what I mean? And showing you can come back late and be resilient. So I, I think momentum is a real thing, but I think it's more about confidence. So I think to speaking to Coach Lee, I, I think he probably just doesn't want to make too much of momentum to say we're riding some crazy habit. Because in baseball, you got to be so even keel. You don't let yourself, you know, you have a short memory, good or bad. So, I mean, momentum's kind of – it just sort of is what it is. I mean, it, listen, there's moments where you step in the box and it looks like a beach ball and there's other moments it looks like a pebble. And, and you just pray to God that you're playing your best baseball when it matters most, right? And it can flip like that. I mean, you never know. South Carolina could come in this week and just go ice cold. I mean, and Clemson get red hot. You just, you don't know. That's kind of the beauty of the game, right? But, uh, I mean, the Gamecocks are certainly riding high. I mean, they're coming in with as much confidence as you could ask. And, you know, I'm sure they've got a chip on their shoulder after last year getting swept. I think that was the first time that had happened since the late 90s by Clemson. So, um, you know, I think this is a team coming in very, very confident. And, you know, we'll see if that pays off for them this weekend. South Carolina, uh, 
picked up a couple transfers from Clemson this past season. It kind of followed Monty over there. I saw where Jonathan French got his first start of the season last uh, last night against uh, A&T. Um, will Clemson fans see any of these guys in the lineup this weekend? Yeah, so that's a great, a great question, Drew. And, you know, it's interesting. I was actually talking about this on, on our podcast, previewing the series. It's not quite as big of a storyline as I thought it would be when those guys first transferred over, right? Of course, we're talking about Ricky Williams, Dylan Brewer, and Jonathan French, like you mentioned. You know, Ricky Williams is out for the year, which is unfortunate because he he's, I think, an elite talent, would have helped the Gamecocks in the bullpen. And then you look at French and you look at Brewer. Brewer's fighting for at-bats right now, and I'd, I'd be honest with you, I'd be kind of surprised if you saw him this weekend. French is the one that I think you may see in some pinch-hitting roles, but I think what you're going to see is Talmadge Leekroy at third base. You're going to see Cole Messina, I think, catch all three games. So I, I don't know that it's much of a storyline anymore from the facing your old team. I mean, it'll it'll be an interesting dynamic for them when, you know, if and when they do get in. Um, and just overall, just just seeing their you know their former teammates across across the field in the other dugout. But I don't know that it's going to play. Like I, I don't know that we're going to have a scenario, and you never know, right? Baseball is a crazy game, but I, I don't know that we're going to have a scenario where like Jonathan Fringe is coming up down one in the bottom of the ninth with a base <laughs> loaded. He's got a chance to be the hero against his old team, like you know. And you never know, right? Baseball is wild, but. I don't know that it's playing as much of a role as I thought it would. Now, obviously, the Monty Lee dynamic is really, really interesting. But I thought Coach Lee, you know, you guys had him on the show. He also had his his uh, media availability for the week, which I don't think it's coincidence that he had his first media availability of the season, the week of this game. Uh, but he spoke on Wednesday afternoon, and you know, he he made a great point that listen, once once that first pitch happens, it's the guys on the field, and you know, that's what it comes down to. They're the ones throwing the ball. They're the ones swinging the bat. It's you know, he ain't going to have a whole lot of say besides just kind of coaching his guys up. So, but it is certainly interesting. And I think, Drew, if anything, it puts more pressure on South Carolina. I do. And especially, too, you look at how it's the series, you know, Clemson's lost four in a row, Gamecocks won nine in a row. And then also you think about this season for Mark Kingston, it's a make or break year. You know, a lot of people's expectations are super regionals or bust. And, you know, while I don't think you have to win this series for Mark Kingston to have a successful year, you could still go to the Supers and, heck, you could still go to Omaha. We've seen it before. The 2010 National Champions lost two of three to Clemson. But I think for Mark Kingston and company, after you take Monty Lee, and as much as we love him, the fact of the matter is this, Clemson fired him. They fired him, right? Because they, they said he's not good enough. He didn't get it done. You guys fired him. So it's like you take that guy – and then you take three of the players from their roster, and if you still lose the series, I, I just think, you know what I'm saying, I think that'll be a real knock against you. And you lose to Eric Backage in his first season, and now the pressure's ramped up because Clemson's looked terrible early on. It's like there, there's almost no excuse for South Carolina not to win the series. And I, I know that's kind of an interesting way to look at it, but it's just because of how early season has played out. So, you know, and I'm not trying to add any extra pressure to South Carolina, but I feel like it's just kind of one of the realities of the weekend if you will. So, you know, pressure's a positive and a negative. Pressure's a privilege, if, we, if you will, as they say. But uh, it'll be an interesting dynamic for sure. You know, I know for I know for Monty Lee, it'll be probably pretty weird going up against these guys he has great relationships with and recruited. But I think also, too, I wouldn't be surprised he's got a hell of a chip on his shoulder. And I think this team for South Carolina will want to fight to get one or to get this one for Monty Lee, if you will. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment there. I think he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. The, the weird dynamic or relationship or lack thereof with with coach Leggett and coach Leggett back being back in the dugout there um it should be interesting so heading into this series knock on wood uh the weather works out Friday for the the matchup in Clemson what what are your predictions for this series 
And so, yeah, I have locked in my predictions, Drew. I'm glad you asked. And, uh, you know, I, I'm going to speak it into existence that the weather's going to work out. Are we going to start at 6 o'clock? I don't know. But uh, I'd like to think we're going to get Friday's game in. I, the, the, the worst case scenario, and I don't want to see, is what happened in 2021 where they moved that game one to a Tuesday in May. And it, it just takes away from the week. Like, at worst, play it Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'd be game for that. I don't know about y'all, but I'd be game for it. But either way, um, assuming that they're able to play um, – I've actually got the Gamecocks taking two of three. And I know that might surprise some people because it's interesting, right? The the mindset of South Carolina fans is we're going to sweep. It's going to be an easy weekend. And a lot of Clemson fans feel the same way. Hey, we'd be lucky to win a game. I just look at Clemson as this way. I, I, listen, I, I didn't think Clemson was going to be very good this year. Year one of Eric Backage, they got real holes, real problems. They got talented players. But as a whole, you know, I just don't know that their roster is quite there yet. But I, I look at it this way. They're desperate. And a desperate team can be a dangerous team. And baseball is a game, especially in this rivalry and in, in, in this series, you have to expect the unexpected. Now, would it surprise me if the Gamecocks swept? No, it would not. Because I think it's a bold take saying they won't because it's like, okay, well, which starting pitcher are you going against? But, you know, once you get into that bullpen and, and some – listen, this is a series where things that are out of the ordinary – they become ordinary or they can happen, right? Guys start walking guys that don't normally do so. Guy make an error, you know, hit, hitting with runners in scoring position. It, it'll be the emphasis on the little things this weekend, Drew, in a series like this where I think it'll be, um, you know, again, who, who was able to avoid the costly mistakes, the walks, the leadoff walks, the two-out walks, the errors, the, you know, leaving runners stranded, right? The Gamecocks have shown a kind of a – not a favorable trend the last couple of games, leaving 19 runners on base. And that Sunday game, they still found a way to win somehow. That'll bite you at some point. That's going to get you. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So is it out of the question to think the game costs you? Listen, I think if they win the first two, they sweep. I, I don't think they'll lose at Founders Park. But I maybe am going into it a little bit more conservative. And it kind of feels like one of those things where I feel like it's almost just too easy to say South Carolina is going to sweep. It's a rivalry series. Clemson will be up for it. They'll be motivated. Eric Backage is, is trying to salvage some goodwill with the fan base. He needs kind of that signature series win. And, you know, what a what a series win it'd be for Clemson. I mean, it could completely change the mindset of, of Tigers fans around the baseball program, at least in his first year. So I do have the Gamecocks winning two of three. I, I think the pitching is just going to be too much for Clemson. I think the – the lineup, it'll be interesting. I think they'll get enough. I don't think it's going to be any dominant outburst performance. But, you know, we did see UCF kind of beat up on you guys a little bit and swing the sticks were pretty hot. So I think the opportunity to do that will be there. But um, I, it just wouldn't surprise me if Clemson stole a game, um, you know, because, again, a desperate team can be a dangerous team, playing with nothing to lose. And um, so I think it'll be a great series. It always is. The dramatics will be there. It's a super regional type of feel. And, I'm expecting nothing different, but I do have the Gamecocks taking two or three this weekend. Well, as much as it pains me to to agree with you, I, I'm thinking that that's the way it's going to end up. Uh, my only scenario that Clemson uh, ekes out two wins is if that Friday rain happens and we have a similar scenario as, as two years ago to where you could pitch Ammons and Greenville on Friday and then use him again later in the year for, for the third game there. But Pending that, I, I don't see Clemson getting out of this series with with more than one win. So, uh, regardless, uh, I know both programs are excited about it. I know that uh, you and I are excited about it. I'm really looking forward to watching some some rivalry baseball this weekend. Yeah, for sure. And just one more note on that. I, I would just say, you know, I think uh, it'll come down to South Carolina sticks, man. I, I mean, I think we all feel confident the pitching will be there. But, uh, you know, 
is South Carolina able to swing it? And, and again, it just comes back to those little things, man. It's it's why I don't give keys to the weekend for baseball. Like I'll do keys to the game for football and other sports, but in baseball, man, we all know it's it's all about can you pitch, can you play good defense, and can you get timely hits. So mm-hmm. the, the team that does that better will win. And there's talented players on Clemson's side. So the Gamecocks better bring it. But, no, nah, it's going to be a great weekend, man. I mean, like I said, I love this weekend. We're doing some live streams for it. But the atmosphere at all three venues will be, you know, again, assuming they play Friday, the atmosphere at all three venues will be electric. And we'll be hanging on every pitch and uh, can't wait for it. Absolutely. Chris, thanks for joining. It's a big weekend this weekend for content. And as you mentioned, you're doing some live streams, right? How can people yeah, watch Yeah, yeah, live streams. Yeah, live stream watch-alongs, man. They'll be on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And I did these during the 2021 season, didn't do it last year, and just, you know, just felt like it'd be a value add for our audience. You know, it's it's no secret. I mean, I love being at games, but I, I, I create content at a much, much higher level when I'm in the studio, plugged in, have my phone in front of me, have my Mac in front of me, all that good stuff. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be doing that again. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, the same way that I stream my live show every single day, noon to two, the Daily Crow. We'll be doing it through those channels. And um, it's pretty simple, man. It'll just be me mic'd up watching the game and giving in-game commentary. And I, I think it will be a value add for our audience. I'm actually really, really excited for the live streams and excited to watch all three games. And uh, But I'd also obviously urge Gamecock Nation that's there in attendance, man, be loud and be raucous And uh, because I know the orange and purple will be. So, again, it's going to be a great weekend. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, Chris, Chris, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, Drew, I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Best of luck this weekend. All right. Thanks to Coach Lee and thanks to Chris Phillips for giving of their time to come in here and preview a little Clemson, South Carolina. Um, This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. It's a huge rivalry. You'd like to think that you're, you'd like to hope that that Clemson would, would be in a better position than they currently are right now. But, um, it's time to to put up or shut up. Coach Backich in his first rivalry series as head coach at Clemson. Jack Leggett back for his first rivalry series in seven years. Um, it's going to be a competitive series, and it's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking forward to getting out there in, uh, in a day or so out of Clemson. Hopefully, weather pending, it works out. Then we turn around and go to Greenville on Saturday before heading to Columbia Sunday. But thank you again for joining the show. It's hard to believe we're already five episodes in. And again, if you don't follow us on Twitter, follow us there. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, We're going to be putting out shorts or clips from our interviews and that kind of stuff on YouTube and hopefully TikTok this week. So uh, appreciate the support and uh, we'll talk some ball next week. Peace. 